Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Josh Brown, I hear there's a video game, a new video game that isn't Trek to Yomi that we should talk about. I can't wait to talk to you about Evil Dead, the game, Scott Hilford. <laughs> I've been looking forward to this for so many months. Pre-ordered it, which yeah. is unheard of. What did you get for pre-ordering? Did you get some skins? You got some skins. You got, uh, I don't know how familiar familiar you are with the Evil Dead. Uh, there is a book uh, called The Necronomicon. That is certainly correct. Uh, Bruce Campbell? That is certainly correct. Chainsaw on an arm? He is in this game at least five five times and you get some skins for pre-ordering which okay. I really enjoyed you get the S-Mart skin from Army of Darkness among others which is, is iconic and it's the one I use uh. he is my main the Army of Darkness Ash is my main I should probably explain what this game is about for people you should, who but just also don't. is there a button to push that lets him say that this is my boomstick um, nobody will say it. Okay, good. He will, like, just randomly, you know, drop lines from mm. the movies. Like, you know, swallow my soul, swallow my soul, swallow this. <laughs> uh, just emo lyrics. He's the original <laughs> Mike M. Hail to the King, baby. All that good stuff. All mm. of the lines that Duke Nukem appropriated yes. are finally in this actual Evil Dead game. It is about time. Now, yes, you can finally say what this game actually is, because I know so little about the Evil Dead. Yes. I, not to break this podcast initially, well, immediately, before we do break it, yeah. should we explain what the podcast is? Well, we probably should. I'm Scott Tilford. You're Josh Brown. This is the wind-up where we just kind of just argue or talk about whatever's going on in the gaming industry. It's a mix of whatever we're playing and whatever's happening. And uh, News-wise, now obviously the gaming industry is dead for the rest of this year. There's very little going on. In fact, the two major games that were scheduled for the end of 2022 have now been delayed. There's no more Starfield. There's no more Red Rum. I was going to say Redfall. There's no more rum either. There, aren't. No. there is no more rum. There's so many times on this very podcast, Scott, where we've talked about, is this year over? And I've said, it's not over. <laughs> it is. Starfield's coming out. And now it's not. And now I might agree that it is over. I feel like I called it when Elden Ring came out. I, there was something about that period where everything was dropping in quick succession, whether it was Oli Oli World or Pokemon Arceus or whatever. And I just remember thinking, this is it. This is this is everything because like development windows were so hampered by COVID that this is what they could manage developers and studios managed to put together during those horrible remote years or whatever. Very various teams were figuring out how to operate, and this is what they did. And any projects that were started in the last two years are going to take a lot longer to come together. Yes, hence why we're not getting anything about God of War. Maybe it'll be a surprise drop, but whatever. And I just feel like the year is done, and that, that, every new piece of news only corroborates that idea. 100%, you know, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, or the sequel oh, yeah. to that, got delayed till 2023. Yeah. Like you just said, Starfield has gone, Redfield has gone. Um, <laughs> God of War is almost certainly going to go, yeah. surely, if we haven't. I mean, it's almost June. If that thing's coming out at the end of this year, 
we need to get a look at that it's, incredibly soon. It's a bit mad that we're almost halfway through the year already. That it really is, is weird. Like, well, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, 100%. You know, we had that <laughs> kind of just mad month in um, February and then into March. Mm. And that's just kind of been us. We've been coasting on that energy for the past few months. But like you said at the start, a new video game alongside Trek to Yomi is out. Yes. And it might be game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really game of the year, but it's good. It's good, man. The Evil Dead, the game, is this um, multiplayer title that okay. you can play it um, solo on some missions or against the AI. Can you actually? Or are people just saying that? Because every time there's a squad-based anything, oh, it actually really works as a single player. No, it doesn't. They well, never do. You, well, you, you can, but it's not like a campaign. Don't mm. go in expecting a campaign. Expect the multiplayer experience, but with okay. bots. You know, it's not going to be, it's not going to satisfy your single-player rich. There are single-player missions in there mm. that take scenarios from the movies and let you play them out, but you're still in the multiplayer sandbox. You're still, you know, using the multiplayer mechanics for the most okay. part. Okay, and the game, but the game itself is a very Friday the 13th style thing. It's like a mix of Friday the 13th or Dead by Daylight. Uh-huh. If you mix that with um, something like Left 4 Dead. So okay. you are a team of four human survivors. You have different classes like a leader or a warrior or a um, support class where you okay. can heal, you know, and each one has their own individual strengths, whether it's a focus on melee attacks or a focus on ranged attacks and what have you and essentially you have to cooperate and you're going up against another human player or an ai who controls the deadites which are the monsters and creatures of the evil dead world and they essentially work like a sort of puppet master i suppose so you don't have a corporeal form and again i'm not sure (laughs) how much you know from evil dead but like oh oh man i i watched evil dead and i really didn't like it and then and that's why i said about breaking the podcast because i don't actually rate sam raimi i like the spider-man trilogy hated the new doctor strange carry on Let's get into that after this because that will blow my head off. Yeah, so (laughs) the person who plays as the demon plays as the kind of force from the movies, which is just essentially Sam Raimi's camera like tied to a bike, yep. which goes around in with in like a formless I do wing like that. almost. Yeah. So if you're playing as the demon, you have to go around the map and you essentially like lay traps for the survivors mm. and you can spawn in certain enemies. You can assume direct control of certain enemies or yeah. bosses uh, to essentially try to halt their progress. But what differentiates it from something like Dead by Daylight is that the survivors obviously can fight back and are way more offensive. Like mm. I said, you've got chainsaws for hands. You've got sawn of shotguns. So there's a lot more <laughs> action in it compared to something like Dead by Daylight. Um, But it's just a really cool idea to use this for the Evil Dead IP. It fits quite well, like the more focused action, you know, fits with the kind of manic, uh, just like ridiculous action that's found in something like Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness. And it's it's, it's like a fun, casual game, man. It's Mm. really scratched that itch for me. That's good. I mean, because I played a little bit of the Evil Dead game on PS2 and did some of the chainsaw finishers and the shotgun stuff and just basic gameplay stuff. I thought that was fun enough. But how does this perform? Like, does it... Because it feels like it's weird when a game like this comes out with decent enough graphics and, and obviously a license and everything. There's an assumption or there's a hope that it'll run well. Yeah. And sometimes, like Friday the 13th, run like absolute arse for a long time. And so does this hold up to just, you can jump into it and just play it? Well, it's it's out on both um, current gen and last gen machines. Mm. I've been playing on the PlayStation 5, so I can only speak from that perspective. Mm-hmm. But on the PlayStation 5, for me, it's ran completely fine. You okay. know, it's it's not, the, like the frame rate is never tanked. Mm. I can consistently find matches. And the actual gameplay itself, you know, the, the core melee and weapon-based combat is satisfying. Right. Yeah, it's a little bit janky you know it doesn't play like the last of us part two or anything (laughs) but it's it's satisfying to you know pull off headshots to like i said you know hit 
those finishing moves with chainsaws or swords or whatever you can get your hands on. It's crunchy, it's gnarly, it's quite gory, and I'm I'm actually surprised at how well it plays like mm. from at a core game perspective like if they added in something like a, a hard mode or even like a really dedicated single player game mm-hmm. i think it would still be recommendable because mm-hmm. the actual core of it is just kind of satisfying so you're, you're you're going up against all like another player who's controlling all the deadites and they i guess they can access all sorts of different powers and stuff to keep you back how do you do you just win by like eliminating like do they have tickets like how do you actually get through it because one of the things i really liked about the friday the 13th game was that um there's different ways to beat jason or you can just escape um or you can summon i think it's tommy jarvis in yes. uh, in that law the guy that actually defeated jason in the movies or something so like are they pulling from are they doing deep cuts from the evil dead law or like how do you does it feel like you're doing the same thing over and over Again. That's kind of the tragedy of it because ah. what they've got there is absolutely a start. Like right, it's right. a good template, but each match, if you're playing as the survivors, you need to locate three parts of a map. And you know, like the, the, the maps themselves are like huge, like the actual levels. Mm-hmm. So it's like this big sandbox. There are three, I think, uh, and there are big sandboxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to locate three parts of a map. It'll tell you in the top right-hand corner which area you need to be looking for for it in. So you collect those three maps. You Then you do kind of like two wave like defense objectives okay. to get two more objectives, and then you do the final objectives, which is kind of like taking out uh, the, the 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 evil and destroying the Necronomicon right. book. Uh, but it's the same thing every time, ah. and that's kind of where it falls down a little bit because it's really fun to run through all of that stuff. And the maps are varied and they're mm. big, so you're not going through the exact same places. Mm-hmm. But I can kind of I've only played it for like four or five hours, so my thoughts are quite incoherent on it at this moment in mm-hmm. time. Um, but it's been fun. For for now, but I do think they will have to add more. Because I think that they mentioned that stuff. Like, obviously, the Evil Dead is a massive IP. It feels like the kind of thing that everyone knows or at least has heard of. So do you think they'll like, do, like, a season pass or do, even if it's not advertised as that, do some sort of thing for the rest of this? Yeah, I mean, well, they might as well. Well, they literally have a season pass uh-huh. that you can buy right now. I think they've announced four DLC packs. I don't know what's going to be in there. They have a free, um, it sounds like I'm, like, shilling for this game, which <laughs> is not sponsored at all. This is just what I've been playing I, wanna, I do want to point out um, that, um, one, I don't, I don't think either of us realized the Evil, that it was out this no. week. Um, yeah, I know you, you pre-ordered it like I think earlier in the week to get the bonus stuff yeah. but both of us didn't realise it was out because the marketing has been barely there. Like, obviously it. the game was announced and talked about a little bit during I guess an E3 a few years ago or something. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know it was coming out at all and then even when it's out now I didn't see anything across the weekend and other than you talking about it I've not seen a soul mention it. Well it's because it's such a strange property to adapt mm. and I guess this is where we can talk about the Evil Dead as a license at large yes. because you look at something like Friday the 13th uh, or the upcoming Texas Chainsaw Massacre game name and mm-hmm. although Evil Dead is big in horror like it's not the crossover hit that's something like the Friday the 13th no. is you talk to any random person in the street and they'll be able to say yes Friday the 13th slasher Jason Voorhees there are like these kind of uh, bits of iconography yeah. that are known across you know uh different generations and different interests and what have you. Mm -hmm. With Evil Dead, it's so much more of a niche um, series, and the mythology of it is so much kind of less defined, I guess. No, you know, it's, it's very true, because like when you, if you say like the average person, what do they know about the Evil Dead? Well, even I, and I am the average person in this regard, because I, I know the Evil Dead name, I know Bruce Campbell, but I know him as Bruce Campbell more than I know him as Ash Williams. Right. And like I know the kind of like the chainsaw hand and like the boomstick, I know some of the lines that have been memed and stuff. But yeah, other than the Necronomicon, like I didn't even, the Deadites, I didn't know what they were. Even though I've seen the movie, I'm just like, that's probably what's being summoned, I guess. Like, yeah. I don't know. 
And um, but yeah, like they don't have those sort of they are they don't have those iconic visual elements like necessarily other than like um, Ash's design with the chainsaw on the arm. But like enemy wise, I, I can't even tell you what a dead eye looks like. That's interesting because this is the thing. This is why it's like so niche because for fans, like mm. there are those um, you know archetypes and there are those icons to draw from. Like there are three different deadite deadite types that you can play yeah. as: uh, the puppeteer, the necromancer, and a warlord. I think they're called, and they're all pulled from different movies or the TV show. So right. you can have the more modern demons from the TV show, or you can have Henrietta from Evil Dead uh, <laughs> One. You know That's what I mean? Cool. So like th- the. There is a lot of attention to detail in the franchise in there. Mm. It's just that, you know, a lot of people, if they're not familiar with The Evil Dead, won't really ap- appreciate that. Right, you know? right. You know, they, they, they do recreate, uh, like, the cabin from Evil Dead 2, mm. for instance, or some of the locations from the TV show, and that's all in there to find. Okay. So for someone like me, who's a big Evil Dead fan, I'm going through the maps being like, that's sick, that's cool, <laughs> that attention to detail is awesome, but I don't think it would necessarily translate if you're just you're, you're playing along for the ride. Like, it's I'm like, there for those added details. Yeah, it's kind of cool, though, because we got the Friday the 13th game, which I think a lot of people didn't expect to be any good, but like I said, mechanically, it's quite, well, it's deep enough. Like, I wasn't expecting multiple ways to, to win, and like, when you're players, Jason, the different powers that you have are really cool um, and a different way that like sound works and all the hiding spots and like I, I like that, th- that thing and then we've got the Predator game which um, was like a, it was a bit, a bit of a misfire if you like Predator enough like I love Predator so I was like okay I'll give that a shot um, and played like a few hours of it but I was like I feel like I've seen it immediately yeah. but it's weird because now the Evil Dead is like another one of them I know it's a different dev but um, it feels like it's like they're nailing the iconography the devs clearly care about the IP and they're bringing in all this, these like recommend um, recognizable elements and stuff but like you said it falls down on the repetitious side of it. Yeah. But you can't have fun if you're an Evil Dead fan, like the same way you could if you were a Friday the 13th or a Predator fan. 100%. You know, I'm looking forward to finishing work and jumping into another match. You mm. know, playing as the demon is a lot of fun. You can cause so much mischief right. by, you know, possessing cars. What, what my favorite thing to do, possessing right? cars? You can possess cars because, like I said, the maps are quite big. Uh-huh. So some of the survivors sometimes jump in a vehicle to try and get to the next place. That's if great. you're the demon, you can possess that car. And what I like to do is possess the car and just drive it into like a bog somewhere. Like, you do they think, know it's been possessed? They know it's been possessed, oh. so like they'll like get thrown out of it, and then you can like drive it into a bog. Oh, and if I could possess it and they didn't know, and right. then they thought they were driving, and then it drove them into the <laughs> lake or something, give me that. So you still like that's cool. There's also a fear mechanic. So if you spend too uh, long on your own or too long in the dark away from light, you open yourself up to possession. Right. So if you're playing as the demon, you can possess one of the survivors and take control <laughs> of them for a little bit. Right. And he is. A top tip that someone did to me that absolutely infuriated me, but okay. it's excellent to do to grief other players. Mm-hmm. When you possess someone, just waste all their ammo, because ammo <laughs> is so scarce. Just start shooting off and watch their great weapon slowly become useless because they'll have like two rounds left. Right. It's unbelievably satisfying to just grief someone like that's that. That's great. Um, so there's stuff like that that's going to make it interesting in the long run whether or not this game lives or dies and I hope it lives and I hope they add stuff to it because Mm. what's there is interesting and I just hope it has legs to grow. That side of it, the the two things you've mentioned there, the car thing, the ammo thing, the possession stuff is infinitely more interesting to me than um, four people go up against waves of enemies. Yeah. Because I guess that's going to be the thing that needs to be differentiable, the thing that should be front and center in the marketing and maybe they're just going to hope that clips get out there on 
YouTube Shorts or whatever, like to get to get across like why it's different than just another wave-based survival game. And um, because I wasn't bothered at all until you just said that thing. Right. I want to possess some cars. Yeah. I want to drive some people off cliffs. It's, it's a lot of fun. Like I don't usually play it as the villains in these games. Right. I think it's too much responsibility. <laughs> sometimes I don't end up having fun. Oh, there's a lot of downtime. You know, where you're right. just kind of like searching for the the heroes and you like just evolve. like yeah, totally. But with this, because it's so action-focused, like you're spawning in enemies all the time. Like mm. you're constantly with the survivors trying to get one up on them, whether, like I said, that's laying traps mm-hmm. or possessing a tree to try and hit them that they don't know uh, <laughs> See, that's great. Is, is there. Like, there's a lot of mischief to be had, mm. and I'm a big fan of mischief, Scott Telford. So for the first time ever, I've actually really enjoyed playing as the uh, villain in one of these Ooh. asymmetrical multiplayer games. Well, that's the thing. Mischief's a really good word for it, because when you can be uh, the villainous side of a game like this, but you can literally play with other players. That's why I love the idea of possessing the car without them knowing it, and yeah. then like them blaming their friend who's just supposed to save them all, um, and if you could hear their chat. Because like, I miss Mischief in multiplayer games. Like I um, I was talking to someone the other day about like in Splinter Cell when you were playing as the spies, and you could grab the mercs in the headlock, and then the mic channel was open, so you'd be like, F you, F you, F you, and then you would just kill them <laughs> or whatever. And then, like, they would, like, um, they brought that move in, I think it was in Chaos Theory, where the mercs could pin the spies down. Um, I think it was like a foot on their chest or whatever. And then the mic channel was open between the two of you, and you could swear at each other and do whatever before you get killed. And I was like, there's little, there's banter to that in like a fun way. Yeah. Um, and I feel like obviously those things went away because open mic channels just resulted in the worst people saying the worst things ever. But there was a side of that that was fun. And like, if you can mess with people like online, like, I think that's why even Among Us, like, you know, the appeal of that is like is rooted in that idea and um, evil dead sounds cool i think it just i guess it just needs more for the rest of this year in terms of gameplay stuff that's totally it you know if you're an evil dead fan i would absolutely recommend it or if you're into stuff like dead by daylight and what mm. have you and this will become hopefully a completely solid recommendation if they manage to support it and mm. don't let it die Right. Speaking of not letting things die, I'm going to do a really weird transition into Gibbon Beyond the Trees. Now, you might have seen this. Um, it was in the uh, the indie showcase that Nintendo did the other day. I think it was on Wednesday or Thursday afternoon, um, where they just showed off a bunch of different indie games that are coming to the Switch. And I love my favorite thing in gaming, or one of, is when they show a trailer and they go, and it's available right now. Yes. And I'm like, well, I'll go and buy it right now. <laughs> like, I um, I don't need to look at the reviews if something looks cool. And in this case, it was a game about a bunch of Gibbons swinging around the trees. I was like, I'll play the Monkey Simulator game. That looks great. Um, Gibbon Beyond the Trees is a really, really cool cool um, conservationist um, game about the fact that the Gibbon population is incredibly endangered um, you know, throughout the likes of uh, Malaysia. And I forget the other uh, locations that they mentioned, but the point is that there was a huge problem around the world with um, different locations being visited by people for social media reasons, i.e. a lot of poachers will go and kill um, you know, various Gibbons and take the babies so they can take photos with them on social media. And so the devs were like, we need to raise awareness of this. Um, so they made the game to literally do that. So there's a bit more to it. but Could yes. you um, raise awareness with me right now. What is a gibbon? <laughs> <laughs> please, please tell me what this animal is. Uh, it's a monkey. Like it's a. Um, <laughs> it's, okay. I got... thought it was a bird. I don't Yo, know why I thought it was a bird. That's brilliant. No, the, I'm, I'm going to show you a picture of a little gibbon. Thank you. Um, I will whilst... Google one now. While okay, you're you Google. You just Google the word gibbon. Um, gibbons. You'll probably. The thing is, once you start looking into the fact that the uh, the population is very small, that they are endangered, um, you'll kind of realize that you've not seen many gibbons do much stuff. They're very rarely in. Um, Planet Earth or various wildlife documentaries because their numbers are so small um, and they're awesome. Like they swing in 
incredibly high speeds. They like they run really hilariously. They're brilliant. I love gibbons. I love animals. It's awesome. And so that was the whole thing. So the whole reason behind this game is to like you know like I said raise raise awareness of the fact that um, what's going on with them is horrific, and that so many people will go to these locations, uh, these countries to do photo opportunities with baby gibbons. And so for whatever reason, the poachers just get rid of the parents, take the uh, baby, put them in a cage or whatever. So the gibbon game, um, <laughs> the gibbon game is literally like putting a story to that and giving you a set of swinging mechanics. It's a very basic game. Um, you either hold uh, the right trigger. It's on Switch. I think it might be on other platforms too, but I was on Switch. Um, you hold the right uh, right trigger if you want to swing. Um, you let go to jump, and then you hold the left trigger if you want to uh, run or slide down something, and you let go again to jump. So you're just chaining stuff together, and it's just the actual swinging mechanics have a nice momentum to them. Um, and if you let go at the right time with the swing button, um, when you're coming off like a branch or whatever, you'll fly for- further forward. Um, and eventually you learn how to do a backflip, and it's like you kind of nice. just chain things together. Um, but the game's really short. It's only like about an hour and a half long in total. You sort of play two different characters if you class them as characters two different gibbons um whilst you sort of swing through it's all side scrolly thing um and as you sort of swing through the forests it's you like you know you see you swing into a part that's been completely deforested or you swing into a part that's been burnt down or you then you swing into the tourist resort and you realize it's they're telling a very obvious visual story and um, but they do tie in the sort of family aspect where you're playing as the uh, female gibbon and the male and the baby are like ahead of you um, and then things happen with them that you can probably guess um, but it does a little swerve with what happens with um, the baby gibbon okay. but it's like they do little bits and pieces where they're telling this quite obvious quote-unquote obvious story but backed by the fact that they are linking you to all these different charities just saying look this is happening like we're narrativizing this to get the message across but it's a worthwhile message to put out there and i think the game it's it does it well enough like yeah. for an hour to an hour and a half long with a nice sort of chill um swinging mechanics that are then obviously interrupted by horrific realities of what's happening to the gibbons themselves um i think it works and like the only downside is that on switch it runs like hell oh no um the frame rate is abysmal in in, in places um and it for some reason takes about two minutes to load um, like it's ludicrous. Um, I have to imagine that the um, the team that are putting it together, and I forget their name, um, just on that optimized with video game development. Obviously, the reason behind its creation has come from yeah. the reality of what's happening around the world, and so things like platform optimization are not on their like pr- on their priority list. Um, but at the same time, um, oh my god, like it's a, it's a long. I thought my switch was. I had to keep resetting it, going like, <laughs> why isn't it loading? Um, and eventually it got there. So yeah, Gibbon's a very nice little game. It's called Gibbon Beyond the Trees. Um, I think if you just like playing as a monkey. Which and, I do. Which I do. Um, could be an ape, to be honest. I could be getting it wrong, but it's a Gibbon. It's a Gibbon. And a uh, little cheeky Gibbon. And um, I think it's worth checking out. Um, I just think that it's a nice sort of hour to an hour and a half long. And like I said, um, definitely achieved its um, goal with me. Like I'm way yeah. more aware of what's going on with the Gibbon population than I was before. And hey, now you know what a Gibbon is. I do. You've honestly sold it to me probably more than you've ever sold me any game. <laughs> Right now, like sounds Shovel amazing. Money. Get get rid of nah, it. Get rid of it in the bin. Ori in the bin. Yeah, like this and like you said, an hour and a half, just yeah. like straight through, straightforward story. I signed me up. I know. Brother. The thing is that I feel like in an age of massive bloated eighty to five hundred hour games, being told that you can actually just play something and see it all through and it'll be done in an afternoon is a godsend. Absolutely. Um, and it's just like give me more of them. I don't need every single game to be that small, but I appreciate small, tight, like you know, memorable video games yeah, so with great art styles. In this case, not to like slag off some of the video games, but like <laughs> something like this that obviously has a incredibly straightforward purpose that yes. it wears on its sleeve, like just 
just a reason and a, and a drive to it. You know, like this mm-hmm. game is about this. This is what every decision has been informing. Here you go. That's an hour yeah. and a half. That's two hours of your time. Like, enjoy it. Just take it in. The only thing I think might wear on some people, and like I love monkeys and chimps and animals, so I was easy enough just going, I'm just playing as a given, swinging around. It's of more course. than enough for me. But like I said, that is all. that is literally all you are doing. You are going left to right, swinging. There are different Sonic style. There are different charts through the levels themselves. Um, but you have no control over yourself other than run, swing, jump, slide. Um, you can't just push the analog stick in a direction. You are always moving. So um, one of the other levels that comes in later is trying to free other animals from some of the tourist spots and stuff. Um, and even you know, your, your given will just jump over the... Like, there's no way to really finesse it. So it's like, that stuff's a little bit finicky. But like I said... It as a way of just getting raise. It, literally, it's made to raise awareness. Yeah. Um. I think the bonus, the mechanics are a bit of a bonus. Um. I would be recommending it on the game side. I think it's a chill game to swing around with some gibbons and stuff. And there are some occasionally really cool vistas and really cool um pieces of art that they've put together. Like when you do a really big jump and the sun's behind you, or the mountains are behind you, or the jungles are behind you. That stuff's cool. Um. But yeah, as of one of the games that was um one of the two games that I or three games that released during that indie showcase, um, I picked that up. I didn't pick up Mini Motorways, which was like fifteen or or 18 pounds or something. That's outrageous. For like a, an app game from like three years ago. I, was like, <laughs> I really want to play this, but I'm not going to give you that much money. What I love about the two games that we have been playing over mm. the weekend is that they are both like me and you games. Like yeah. you would just be satisfied playing as a given. I <laughs> would be just satisfied walking around the cabin in Evil Dead as Ash from There's Evil a bit. Dead. And that's all it would have needed. All I needed in the Gibbon game was to uh, to run along the floor going like, oh, ah, and the, and, the, and the arms go up. <laughs> and I was just doing that. I was like, give me that. And um, yeah. yeah, you can just hold the left trigger and just sort of do the little monkey walk. I'm doing the mon- monkey walk yes. um, as I record this um, through a village and have all the villagers just sort of look at you, run past, and you take to the skies and you swing off the telephone cables and you're away. God damn, that's game of the year, man. It might be. It it's might it's be. definitely um, message of the year. It's definitely yes. most uh, most essential game of the year. Um, the only other thing that I played a little bit of, because um, I was listening to Batman Unburied, which is the Spotify podcast. We're not sponsored by that at all. Um, <laughs> although, when I was listening to it, I can't remember if we actually were sponsored by Batman Unburied, but it would have been a few years ago. Were we? I just feel like we did something on it. I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know. If we were, then we're sponsored. I love it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> um, but yeah, Batman uh, Unburied, I was listening to that, and then I was in such a Batman mood that I was like, I'm going to go and play the one DLC that people talk about in regards to Arkham that I haven't played, which is Batman Arkham Origins Cold Cold Heart DLC, Yeah. Um, which in the timeline, the Arkham timeline, is the debut of Mr. Freeze, um, where he just comes and crashes like this ball that's happening at the uh, Wayne Manor, and then it's just all about um, figuring out who he is, what's going on with um, Nora, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I've only done done the first couple hours of that. Um, but obviously, it's almost been a decade since Arkham Origins. Yes. And it's been seven years since Arkham Knight. So it was quite nice going back to those games. To I that like game. that you saw the Gotham Knights trailer and thought, you know what? <laughs> I want a bit of Arkham Origins. I want a bit of the cold, cold I Honestly, Gotham Knights made me want to run out the room. Like, that thing <laughs> looks horrendous. Um, it was entirely because of Batman Unburied, where I was like, um, this lore is so cool. I yeah. love these characters. Um, I love what they're doing. Uh, Batman Unburied, I feel, is going to be a bit divisive, but um, but I love that the setup and the tone, yeah. Well, please tell me more about this DLC, because mm. I've not played it. You know, I've, I've obviously played uh, Arkham Origins and mm-hmm. the other Arkham games, but the DLC for a lot of those titles mm. is not something I am necessarily familiar with, but mm. I know a lot of it has, you know, really high uh, review scores, especially this one. So mm-hmm. please tell me what this does different from the base game and why people should revisit it if well, they haven't played it. I wish I could, but I've only played the first hour and a half or so. Scott! So... So I would say that it's incredibly atmospheric. I like the fact that it starts with Wayne Manor being almost burned to the ground. So you've got a lot of stuff where you're just playing as Bruce. I like that you sort of just get to deck a bunch of thugs as Bruce. Nice. And then go and put your suit on. Um, and they tease the thing that I've seen in a lot of the artwork. Again, I'm going back 10 years, but there was they always showed off. Um, it's called like the environmental ex- or the extreme environment suit, where it's like a big bulky. It looks like what um, Batman wears in Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Um, where he fights Superman, he has that big sort of like giant kettle suit on, um, which he has on in the movie and stuff. Um, but yeah, the, he teases that, that he's going to wear that, but he can't. He has to wear the regular bat suit, and Alfred's like, we'll come back to that later, sir, and whatever. Um, but yeah, I just love Mr. Freeze is my favorite Batman villain, so I was like, why have I not played this earlier? Um, but yeah, it's a nice story-driven thing. I'm assuming that the world will open up um, soon enough, and so um, yeah, I just need to play a lot more of it. I just I feel that the Batman Arkham games are missing from my life, and I yes. keep wanting to go back to Arkham Knight, because that was the one that was received sort of the most middling, but there's not a 60 frames a second patch. There's not even variable refresh rate support for it, which is worth pointing out that Arkham Origins on um, Series X does run faster than 30, um, it does trigger the VRR setting automatically, and it runs faster than 30. Um, my TV's trying to tell me it's 120 frames a second, which is a lie. Um, <laughs> and I don't think it's, I'm pretty sure it's not 4K either. Uh, I think that's just the, the TV reading what the Series X is putting out rather than the game it's displaying or whatever. Um, but it feels faster than 30. So if you want to go back to Arkham Origins and you have the disc because you can't buy it digitally, um, then I would recommend it if you have a Series X. Why isn't WB doing more with that series? Like, not only the main Arkham trilogy, which I know you can get on, like, PlayStation 4 as part of the bundle, yes. but, like, Origins, especially, like you mentioned there, has just been left out. Like, totally. they just forgot about that. But it's such a worthwhile addition to that franchise, mm-hmm. especially for a lot of people who might not have played it because it's a stopgap release. Like, yeah. just throw it in the bundle. Don't... I know. Like, Arkham is more than just the trilogy, for as much as I love that. Like, mm-hmm. 
like this is a game that exists. Don't well, pretend I mean, it like, doesn't. It's weird because like I remember when Ewan was still here, Ewan Patterson over on ScreenRant.com, who when he used to work for us, and he loved Arkham Origins. He yeah. was like loving like the the sort of themes that it tackles, all the younger Bruce stuff, him figuring out how to be Batman, the fact that he's more brutal and he's like snapping necks and breaking arms and everything, um, and like like finessing how to be Batman, um, which is true. It's really furtive territory for Batman, and I think that like they do that side of him really well. Like he feels like a more aggressive um, version of that character, and obviously Troy Baker's Joker, I always really liked. I get that it's a Mark Hamill adjacent performance, yeah. but I feel like Baker gives it a bit more energy. His voice is a bit cleaner, and he can go a bit higher than Mark Hamill can. Um, and I just feel like that's like a younger, more maniacal Joker who, who in himself is like realizing what Batman brings to his life. Um, which is one of the best scenes in Arkham game history, where you play through the thought process of Joker realizing he's like essentially in love with Batman. He needs this guy. It completes him. Um, and we barely talk about that when we talk about Arkham games because it's in Origins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like to bring it back to what you said about WB, it's dumb that they haven't patched these games. Like, it's stupid. Like, why can't I play 60 frames a second versions of the Arkham trilogy? They just don't exist. Even it's, if you bought Return to Arkham, it's yeah. still free. Like, it's so stupid. Like, those games are so seminal and they still hold up so well. I just yeah. think they deserve more love. I don't know what WB's, um, you know, what their priorities are mm. right now, but... I always feel like that kind of added attention to detail, that added love just hasn't necessarily been there with them. Like when mm. they released Arkham Knight, for instance, on the PC and it was broken. Yeah. Like they made it they had clear. to apologize for it? Yeah, 100%. And, they, and even then though, they made it clear that they were prioritizing the DLC over actually fixing that version. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's always been the thing that's missing. It's not the developer's fault, I don't think, by any means. No. It's just the kind of care for their back catalog and showing it the respect that it probably needs, mm. especially when you could you could open that entire franchise out to a complete new audience if you mm -hmm. just give it like that slight next-gen well, push. Alchem Knight is on the PlayStation Plus collection, yeah. but it's 30 frames a second, 1080p. Like, Admittedly, what are we doing? So is bloody Bloodborne. Yeah. Like, get some patches out, just, please. There's some stuff that is screaming for the most bare... Oh, it doesn't even need to do that much tinkering with it. Just let it take advantage of the stuff that is now baked into the PS5 or the Series X, we have variable refresh rate stuff. Like, I get that there's going to be some things that are hard-coded, but just, it doesn't feel that hard to free up a frame rate. Even if you go up to 40 or 45, it's going to feel better than 30. Like, just, hope so. I never used to be a frame rate snob, but now that I'm here, I, I see it. I can't unsee it. And when yeah. I go back to stuff that's 30, it feels horrible. And so, yeah, like, I was looking forward to checking out Arkham Origins and hoping that it would feel better. And when I saw the, um, it's called Instant Game Response on the LG TV, uh, kicked in to let it recognize that it's going to be faffing with the frame rate, and it plays well enough, and it plays nicely and so yeah just 2022 go play Arkham Origins you've got <laughs> there's nothing else to play um, we'll end with a couple of um, news bits and bobs because there's a whole conversation doing the rounds about Bloober Team because they are assigned to the Silent Hill 2 remake um, which go over to YouTube or wait long enough and the news audio will be on this feed um, or go across to the What Culture Gaming YouTube you can watch the news that me and Josh shot this morning um, on the state of the Silent Hill leaks which is to say that there is a mainline Silent Hill game coming and a remake of Silent Hill 2 um, and Bloober Team are um, makers of layers, layers of fear, layers of fear, and the medium and Blair Witch and Observer are attached to the remake of Silent Hill Two. Um, but the reception to that has not been very positive. A lot of people, I, I couldn't even find a positive comment right. um, in amongst the various Twitter threads of people saying that they really didn't like Bloober Team. Whereas me and you are fans, and I don't know where this came from that Bloober are not awesome. Nor do I. I mean, like, like you all know, listening to this, if you've listened to the wind up for long enough, mm. Scott and I rarely agree one hundred percent on anything. <laughs> 
exciting. So the fact that we both sugar like, and coffee, no, no. <laughs> not for you anyway. So the like that we, the fact that we both like blue team, yeah. you know, for me, I just assumed that meant everyone liked it. You know, we have this little <laughs> echo chamber, I guess, in this podcast and in what culture gaming. Mm. And then I was looking at the response, thinking, why, why are these not a good team? I know they're not like a naughty dog or a sucker punch mm. or a whoever, you know, they're not at that top level, but they've proven their horror metal. They've made yeah. good horror games. Mm-hmm. Why can't they have a stab at Silent Hill, especially when it's a remake, you know? Well, plus, I mean, we mentioned this in the video, uh, the news video, but, like, they did the medium, which is the most Silent Hill-ass Silent Hill game that isn't Silent Hill. Totally. So, like, you might as well take that tech, take the... I mean, they, that whole game felt like a love letter to old-school, corridor-crawly, isometric horror anyway, so give them the IP and let them run with it. I do wonder if um, the cynical business side of me just thinks that it, it was given to them because it's Konami pulling the strings or paying um, for the purse strings, and they gave it to them because Bluebird would be a cheaper guest than a right. Sony first party team. Um, even though the remake is apparently um, Sony timed uh, PS5 exclusive. So I guess we'll see how that stuff comes together. But yeah, Bluebird overall um, are an interesting team. I think that they've always, I like the fact that they have such a variety of projects and like Observer I really love as like a really cool sci-fi synth wavy Blade Runnery detective story with Rucker Hauer as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think they've, you know, been building over the years. You look back mm. at something like the first layers of fear, which I still like, but it is somewhat rudimentary in terms of its presentation yeah, or yeah. execution of its ideas. But if you go from game to game, even Layers of Fear 1 to Layers of Fear 2, mm. into Blair Witch, into the medium especially, which I think was a big step up. The medium might be their best thing. Totally. Yeah. You can see them growing and evolving as developers. And mm. by now, I just think they've got so much under their belt. They've mm-hmm. got so much experience and knowledge and expertise under their belt. Again, I'm not sponsored by Blue Team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at this moment in time. You're not blonsered. I'm, I'm certainly not. But uh, yeah, like they've been growing so much. I think they're at the position where why not give them a stab at mm. something like Silent Hill. Give them yeah. an established franchise because they've been doing their own original thing and doing it pretty well mm. for like the past decade, if not longer. Speaking of original things, um, you were looking into something that Bluebird had in the in the works that got cancelled. They had possibly the coolest sounding video game premise that we'll just never get to play. Absolutely. In amongst all the other things that they did manage to get off the ground uh, like the Layers of Fear, like the Blair Witches or whatever. But yeah, they had this other thing that you were looking at. Yes, 100%. Uh, this was reported on around the same time. But the idea was that they had this Aliens game in development that was set in the medieval times. Right. I think it was going to be a first-person game uh, where essentially, because it was the medieval times, uh, like they, they viewed the Xenomorph as like this deity. Oh. Uh, this, like, this like god. Right. Um, but then that was cancelled when the Fox-Disney deal went through, <sighs> according to the report I was reading. It's 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 sorry no, to no. interrupt, but no. I was um I was thinking the other night. I can't remember what I was watching. I might be watching a YouTube video on aliens <laughs> versus predator. Of and course. I was just thinking like like why haven't there been more aliens games? Like why haven't there been more good ones? Why no. isn't there an alien isolation? Isolation two? was eight years ago. Absolutely, and there have been some fine ones in between then, like one or two. But like, why do these games just keep getting cancelled yeah. or like shunted or whatever? Well, I can't think what the name of the one was where it was going to be like Mass Effect alien style, where you made your space marine. Mass Effect, no, uh, Alien Crucible, which Crucible. was um, Obsidian, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. so like that was another one where like that was really promising. That was the one that seemed like it was going to be at the Game Awards, and Jeff Keighley himself was tweeting about it, and then it wasn't. And I remember on the, on the live show, he was like, oh, you guys all um, think you know what's coming next, but actually it's something else. And then he pivoted into something else. And I was like, Jeff, we actually wanted that, mate. Can you <laughs> get back, get on the blower and tell them that we actually wanted the Alien game? Because then Crucible never came together. No. Um, and so, yeah, like, you know, the Alien property feels like it could be used a lot better. Predator as well feels like it's... Like, 
Like I, I mentioned Concrete Jungle before, um, but that should be an easy thing to, to get right. I mean, Absolutely. the amount of traversal systems that we can do today um, feels like you should be able to do a good Predator game. Shout out to Concrete Jungle, though. I always love that game. And funnily enough, yes. I actually remember the reason I was thinking of Aliens versus Predator the mm. game. And that's because Evil Dead the game it's very much Aliens versus Predator in terms of its quality. Uh, it's like it's like a cool little thing that if you're a fan of, you'll probably enjoy like a nice <laughs> seven out of ten time. I was obsessed with Alien, Aliens versus Predator as well. The three sixty, the three sixty, absolutely oh, the yeah. three sixty one. Yeah. I, I pre-ordered that. Was looking forward to it as well. And <laughs> was it amazing? No. Was it good though? Yes. I feel like, and if I did this every week, I could make this a weekly segment. But for now, my backwards compatible shout out of the week is going to go to Aliens versus Predator. Yes. Get the Xbox three sixty version. Bang that. In a Series X system, and it plays incredibly well. No loading times, beautiful oh. auto HDR makes the lighting look incredible in the first-person Merc segments. It's great. You are whispering sweet nothings into my ear. Is there hole. any other kind? There are none, but I yeah, like I, I would agree, man. Like that was a good game. Like even though it was a bit janky, mm. I have some of my most favorite multiplayer um, memories. Of oh man, that the, the bit when you play as the Xeno and you're like inside, it's being experimented on. You yes. get the button to jump onto the roof, yes. and you're just waiting, and all the different scientists come in, and it's all stealthy, and you can kill them and hang them. From the roof with the tail. Incredible. There's also that multiplayer mode where you start as like, there's like one xenomorph and every time you kill one of the marines they oh, yeah. join the xenomorphs team so yep, yep. suddenly like you're losing dudes and then you're <laughs> fighting more xenomorphs in like there's this one cool temple level where like the yeah. actual temple itself shifts around in like getting caught on the wrong side of a wall and then suddenly <laughs> having like five xenomorphs coming after you. It was awesome. Like there's I, so much potential there. I miss old school. We should do a whole podcast on this. I miss old school multiplayer map design because yeah. I miss Unreal Tournaments design. Um, I miss like, like I said, like Quake and old school stuff. Um, the the Star Wars Jedi um, Jedi Academy yes. or Jedi Outcast, the way that they would do their multiplayer, those modes, those maps rather, were brilliant as well. Um, but yeah, the AVP stuff, I think if you just took that multiplayer game, looked at their mode and just severed it, make it free to play, I don't care. Give me all the skins that were in Concrete Jungle. Yes. Um, find a way to monetize that thing. Um, and just start on a Concrete Jungle. The one that, the new one. The one that was, the one that they did that was like Friday the 13th. It was the Predator game. I, oh, uh, Maybe that is Concrete. No, it's not on. Concrete Jungle. Wait, what? Hunting Grounds. That's it. Predator, yes. Oh, you mean Predator Hunting. Yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, of course, yeah. But either way, find some way to bring AVP back as a platform. We'll all love it because those like diametrically opposed multiplayer modes are awesome anyway. Um, and it would be sweet. But yeah, the Alien thing sounds like the best idea that we're never going to get to play. And yeah. Blooper Team, um, well, hopefully they can bring the Sound Hill 2 remake together. The final thing to talk about, though, is the Gears of War, um, almost like the Master Chief Collection, the Marcus Phoenix Collection, which is apparently in production, um, according to VGC, Video Game Chronicle, um, saying that, and this goes back a few years in terms of uh, leaks and stuff, but apparently coming this year, um, according to VGC's write-up, is a Gears of War collection in the vein of the Master Chief Collection, which I have to assume means that you'll be able to take levels from any of the main Gears trilogy, maybe they'll include Judgment as well, and then let you run them through in whatever order you want, maybe make custom playlists of different levels, um, or it'll just be all three games from one launcher. That would be the most boring thing to do, <laughs> but I hope they do what is the best feature of the MCC, yeah. which is like, you know, give me a custom playlist called set pieces, and yeah. then give me every set piece in Halo in a row. Like, that's really cool. I can't believe this hasn't happened no. already. I know we got the uh, the remastered version of the original um, the game. The Ultimate Edition. But, yeah, the Ultimate Edition, but... Uh, like I thought this would have happened a few years ago mm. and I was so excited for it. I replayed all the games when I went <laughs> after Gears 5 dropped and it was such a great time. Right. And if they can go back to those games, which still hold up like so well to this day, mm -hmm. like you said, you know, synergize a lot of them when it comes to the multiplayer and then 
just give them, you know, a bit of spit shine. I do wonder a few things. Considering it's how like, much Gears Two and Three like didn't necessarily evolve the formula, but like, you know, it took until what Gears Five before you can reliably jump over cover while you go at it. Like every <laughs> other one just makes you tuck under and then jump over. Um but Gears Three and uh, Two and Three brought in all the finishers and like all the different ways that you can just paste enemies into the ground, which are when I went back to Gears One, are missing and you for me I feel like they're missing. Like I want to right. do cool finishers on the final that, you know what the thing that I missed? This what? is a complete side tangent. I miss being able to do a cool move on the last enemy in a group because that's the thing that was everywhere for a while yeah. and then it's just not there anymore. I want to run up to the final lad and do a cool finisher. Surely there's games where you can do that. Name me one from the last I, 10 years. I'm really struggling. It there's goes away. Be. Yeah, we've, it um, we've got a video coming up on um, the coolest video game mechanics that no one talks about and I made a whole thing in there about what happened to style in games. Let me be stylish in a game um, which is why I love Tractor Yomi so much because it lets me do cool finishes. I want to behead the last guy in a room. That's all I'm saying. Just let me do a cool thing. Um, but yeah, regards to Gears of War, um, also included in this report is the fact that um, the coalition, the, d- the devs, have started work on Gear 6. But I feel like, and this, we'll, we'll wind each other up on this, will. I don't think the Gears of War IP is dead, but I don't really think it's alive either. I think you've not had your coffee this morning, You're Scott very Silford, true. Because Gears of War is more alive than ever. I am all Gears of 5, ab- Gears of 5. Gears of 5. Gears of War 5. They should have called it that. You Gears should have. Yeah. Absolutely slapped. That thing was the big shot in the arm I thought the franchise needed. It sold really well. A lot of people liked it. Yeah. I reckon it's in a miles better position than Halo was, you know, before Infinite came out. Ooh. Miles, miles better. Well, yeah. It's on top, I am all. It is. It's better than, uh, yeah, <laughs> Gears 5 versus Halo 5. There's, uh, there's no real uh, comparison. I'll tell you what as well. Go on. Gears is also on the upswing. Gears 4 was alright. Gears 5 improved on, on it in every way. So, if Gears but 6 But they had the vehicle f- bits that broke everything. What do you mean, bro? What do you mean, broke? Because the whole point of Gears of War is, like, intensity and, you know, going from firefighter to firefighter and getting lost in, like, a really good gameplay loop. And then they were like, hey, go in this skiff yeah? for half an hour. We, it was uh, horrible. No, it was... Those open world games... They didn't do anything with the open world. They... They... they oh, they made it... <laughs> <laughs> so much better, right? I don't just I don't like when games go open world or okay. wide linear for no reason, right? Same. And I thought it was going to be a mistake right. for Gears to do that, but then I was proven wrong because you got the intensity because you were going from one intense firefight to the next, yeah. and then you had those kind of you know those slightly. Sp- um, shorter moments mm-hmm. where you got to appreciate the world and the environmental storytelling in a way that you couldn't in other Gears games. I will stick by this take that in other Gears games, yes. although the mythology is there for the world and how it operates, mm. I never felt like that world existed. I never felt like I was part of a place. I knew I was part of it, but I never right, felt right. like it had a, like a, a history that I was actively involved in. I know it was oh. there in the books and what have you, uh, but in Gears 5... I actually felt for once that I wasn't just an avatar in a world. I felt like I was part of it, and it had things happening around me that I was interested in. Oh, man, the bit in Gears 1 when you first go underground and you see all the emulsion mines and you see all the, (coughs) excuse me, places where all the different, um, the Lambents and all that sort of stuff. I I know they brought the Lambent in, and maybe that's a Gears 3 thing, but like when you saw the emulsion, you saw that um, the cave, and you met that giant, um, the creature whose name I forget, and the thing is the giant squid-looking crustacean thing that was in the trailer that killed Marcus. Um, that that was a market at world building for me, where it's like, okay, this is this is where they are coming from. This is what you're invading, and like I love all that side of it. And um, for me, Gears Five was just it was just open world one on one. For me, they did nothing with the open world. It was like here's a skiff. It sucks to 
control, and there's a few little camps that you're going to go to and fight five dudes and then go to the next thing. Right. I, I didn't. I had no reason why that was open world to me at all. <sighs> See, I like that. I want to go back to and hopefully clarify what mm. I meant about the world building. Because I, I fully agree. Like that was great in the original games, but what I was trying to say really poorly was that I never <laughs> felt like normal people existed in it. I knew it was a world uh. of, you know, the Lambent and, uh, you know, these big muscly cog soldiers and stuff, but I could never envision normal people having a normal life. Oh, see, Gears, Gears 2, when you when you open in the hospital and everyone's, like, trying to, like, you know, take care of patients and do their jobs all around you, like, I guess that would be my bit for that, but I'll <sighs> give you it that you didn't feel that at all in Gears 1 because yeah. it was just, you were just five kebab-legged men running around shooting stuff. For whatever reason, this might be, a, I don't know, maybe a personal failing on my behalf. But when I saw that kind of section in Gears 2, I was just kind of like, they're, they're just set dressing. They're really? just there to kind of make me feel something. I never felt like they existed as people. I know exactly what you mean. I just remember thinking that, oh my God, there's, there's other humans. There's yeah. other like, because they're all regular sized as well. Yeah. Because like Marcus and Cole and Ben and Dom are humongous men. Um, just absolutely humongous. I remember Cliff Blazinski saying he likes like his main characters to be humongous dudes. But then it's funny because the rest of the world isn't scaled that way. So you're just like 50 times bigger than the guy next to you <laughs> like a, a whole squad of master chiefs all next to them and everything um yeah overall gears is an incredibly memorable ip i just feel like for me um the cover shooter boom of the 2000s was where it soared and for me it trying to modernize itself with quote-unquote modern day open world mechanics i thought they fell the f down because they didn't do anything with them it was just here's some encampments here's whatever um not to say that the, the world wasn't gorgeous like um all the red sand stuff in act three i think it's act three um, and like the the ice level and stuff. I thought it had cool visuals. I just didn't care. And then I realized that when they bring the old gang back, I was like, I care so much more about you guys. Right. Like, give, give me like the aging Marcus Phoenix. Give me the hug with his son. Have him have those moments. Um, give me old man with feelings. That's what I want in all my games. Give me toxic masculinity, the 2022 edition. Hey, I'm absolutely with you there. Like the, the decision to make the old gang, like the supporting cast, mm. I thought was amazing to right. give Marcus a larger role than what he had in full part of the squad, you know, have that relationship with JD be explored, mm -hmm. especially after JD like commits war crimes. Yeah. In, like the opening act, like for me, the absolute, uh, Goal of that game to be like, <laughs> look at this guy that everyone thought was bland in in Gears Four, yep. and we're gonna complicate him and make him dark in a way that makes you really interested in mm. his plight. I just thought, if you taught me right, I guess this sums it up. <laughs> if you taught me finishing Gears of War Four that you're gonna come away having more than two thoughts about JD Phoenix, yes. I'd have said. Hell no, I'm not. Well, Get he started as away. yeah, he started as like a Nolan North, Nathan Drake yeah. 101, and then I just thought it was funny how much they put him in the center of like messing everything up. Yeah, and then they try and they make him so he dresses like Marcus and he tries to be a hard man and he finds himself later on. But in that bit where you can choose whether to kill him or the other character, I killed him in a heartbeat. I don't want JD in my Gears universe. <laughs> I don't need JD Phoenix in my life. See, I mean, I think you probably chose the right. Uh, decision there, but I just, I couldn't do it to Marcus, man. I couldn't do it to him. <laughs> couldn't go back to that poor lad and be like, oh, I accidentally just chose to kill your son. I am responsible for this. I am. Um, but yes, overall, some things happening in the gaming industry, some new things, whether it be Gibbon Games or Evil Dead Games, um, and some news trickling in, left, right, and center while we wait for Summer Games Fests to kick in in full. Um, for now, though, this has been The Wind-Up. I've been your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Hilford. Always a pleasure to be heard by all of you, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.